Let me take a guess. You've been listening to Call Me By Your Game, having a pretty dang time, but you've run out of episodes, finding yourself waiting for the next drop each week, wondering where, oh where, can I get more and more Call Me By Your Game content? Well, I'm here to tell you folks that there is such a place. It actually exists. This is the host of Call Me By Your Game, Connor McCabe, here to tell you all about our Patreon network over at Super NPC radio so this is our patreon that we have created to not only support our shows but make new content and bigger content going forward in fact if you like call me by your game i want to tell you all about the co-op episodes that we do these are monthly episodes where i sit down and do a deep dive with a panel of people to talk about a particularly impactful game we've discussed games such as the legend of zelda breath of the wild super mega baseball 3 final fantasy 10 tony hawk 1 and 2 remake and we have so much more to come so if you're interested in hearing these episodes these are a part of our dj toad tier on our patreon which is ten dollars a month and again you get a monthly huge episode for me and some of my most favorite people talking about iconic games so if this is interesting to you check us out and if you want to get a taste of what it's like take a look at the previews that we drop in this feed otherwise we'll see you over at our patreon network at patreon.com slash super npc radio Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, a podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to talk about a video game that is special to them and why. If you listen to the show, you'll know that we, of course, talk not only about what made playing the game fun and great to the guest, but also what was going on in their life and what was the context around what was what when they actually fell in love with this game for the first time. A um, little bit of housekeeping up top. Uh, we are, of course, on social media. Check us out there because we post about each and every episode multiple times a week. So you can check us out on Instagram at Call Me By Your Game Pod and on Twitter at Call Me By Your Game. And there's just one Y. So B Y O U R. I'll put all these links and anything we plug in the show notes. You can, of course, uh, support the show if you're looking to do so by rating us and reviewing us in Apple Podcast Store. That helps our visibility. It's pretty easy to find us, but at the same time, we want more people to know about the show, more people to hear the wonderful episode that I know we are about to record today. Uh, you can, of course, share the show with a friend if they love video games in general, but especially if they love this particular game we're talking about today. And then lastly, you'll probably hear an ad about it. Or I'll talk about it other times, but we've also got a Patreon. So if you're interested in seeing uh, the bonus content we have, what the heck a co-op episode of this show might be, um, you can check that out at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. That'll do it for the housekeeping. Uh, I'm feeling more and more like an NPR host as I do that. I'm feeling like I've really fine-tuned it during quarantine, but I'll finally introduce our fantastic guest for the day. So please welcome 
tactical hero, and blazing blade buddy, Adam Winnie. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. You should send them a reel. You really should. Oh, and send NPR a reel? Absolutely. It's like, hey. Why not? You know what? You're, you're already blowing up my spot. I'm a big fan of this. I love it. <laughs> we'll keep the compliments coming. Uh, that's very nice of you. But uh, uh, before I even think about that, I got to learn and talk to my friend, Adam. So Adam, you're here. We met like I meet the majority of my guests on the show through the Los Angeles <laughs> improv and comedy community. Um, I don't remember how we how we specifically met because there's so many people. Sometimes it's hard, but I do remember seeing you at more and more shows. I've seen you do uh, a lot of uh, really fantastic musical musical solo acts by yourself. I've seen mm-hmm. you do characters and then, of course, do a lot of great improv. And that's how we got to know each other a little bit. But uh, how might other people know you? How might the listener know you? What do you want to share about yourself today? Not too much. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I mean, I, yeah, uh, I have a couple circles I run in. Definitely the LA comedy scene. Um, and I've been doing musical comedy for about six years now. Hell yeah. Um, I started uh, in Kansas City, just messing around the theater scene there. Um, and, and you're from to to... Kansas City as well? Yeah, born and cool. raised. Um, so wait, wait, the Chiefs won this year the Super Bowl. Um, yes. Yeah, I you can claim that feeling, you're allowed to claim that. I remember feeling like really smug out here for a week. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't care about sports at all, but Kansas City, I don't know what's going on know. with Adam, but he's sure been smug this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also used to go to a lot of nerd conventions. Um, oh, and uh, so my music career kind of started there. So a lot of my early songs were like very nerd centric. Um, so I definitely, I, I mess around in the fandom. I guess you can go with the <laughs> fandom world. I love it. Uh, I've got to know more about this since you opened up the door. <laughs> um, was this like video game stuff? Was this TV show stuff? What sort of, do you remember any of these specific songs? Any that stood out? Oh, my, oh the songs that I wrote? Oh yeah. Um, I wrote a, a, a Pokemon love song. Music to my was, ears. Literally. Oh my God. Get, Give me a chancy. I hope I don't think that. <laughs> I'm already a huge fan. Uh, and if it's on iTunes, let me know. Uh, oh, I, I really need to go back and like actually do something with these. They're like, they're on YouTube. Uh, okay. Uh, I have about 2000 subscribers. It's not that shabby, oh, but that's, that isn't too shabby. 2000 seems like kind of, a, that's, that's more than a hundred. And that's a lot. Yeah. It, yeah i mean six years it takes a second to get there but yeah uh, so i have that was one of the ones that kept up uh i have a song about wanting to fuck zachary quinto um i, really I think he, that's one i've heard you you were there you were at that show because that was uh a TNT. Was it, what show that tuesday night thunder yes yes that's right. You did uh, like a musical act at to, to TNT. I remember that specific song. That was last June. Yeah. Um, that was like the first time I like, that was the first time I remember doing my music out here and remember getting the laughs where I planned for them to be laughter. It was like, oh, yeah. good. Good job. Good. It's okay. happening. <laughs> it worked. Because I remember so I, I, I did some of those songs like maybe a month or two before and it was just like, 
dead. Oh no. Uh, but, then you, no but like that's how it works. Um, and th- those songs were like years old. So it was cool that like these songs I had written even before, like I even came out to LA were just as successful. Um, but yeah, music comedy is definitely what I'm like known for. That's awesome. Uh, and I'm sure, I-, I hope you will talk about this later, but I did see something on social media literally yesterday that you have a Kickstarter going right now. Yeah. For, can you tell me about this? Because I saw it and I was like, Connor, look at that today before you do the show with Adam tomorrow. But I didn't. So this is, this is my excuse to get to talk to you about it now. I was going to wait till the end of plug, but you're going to bring it up. Of course. Sweet. Um, so I've been making homemade videos for my songs for like, six years now. Yes. And um, the, the biggest compliment I've gotten is like the writing is very strong, but like, the audio quality is bad or the visual quality is bad. I'm not a visual artist. I like, that's not where my storytelling brain sure. goes. So uh, after finally getting everything on my side as polished as I could, I started reaching out to directors and then I finally just started getting connections going. I have a, a little team built up um, and we're a fifth of the way funded for the video already. And it's only been a day. Amazing. Um, Congratulations. It's thank so, you. Music video. Is this for a new song, an old song? New song. I wrote it um, this year in March. Uh, it is, it, yeah, it's called Too Tight. Uh, I'm so gay. Um, it is, <laughs> uh, it, it's just a, a Disney like ballad for a man who's always on top but wants to be a bottom. You yeah. know what? I heard enough of the song to. to now it's all coming back because I, I watch me already slaughter the lyrics to something I've seen a second of, but I feel like you do you express that you're tired of being on top. Is that what it is? I don't want to be on top no more. I want wow. to open up my back door. Yes. Uh, and that's probably why you're a fifth of the way funded It's a great <laughs> opener. Incredible opener. Thank you. And it's not even like the phrase of like this. Like I, I was like, I need something that works. That's like, yeah. Perfect little tease, uh, but there's so much more. There's backup vocals. I have a piano part that's being worked on right now. Wow. Um, uh, I, I just feel like, ah, it's all coming together. Uh, that's really cool. Congratulations. Uh, thank you so much. So yeah, I mean, anybody listening to this who, who if you like music, which is anybody with a soul, or if you or, like... Or if you're gay. Yes. If you're, if you're a gay man, this song is very for you, but... Not just for you. Totally. And even if you're gay but you don't like music, go for it. So you can be you can be both, you can be just music, or you can be gay. It basically it's for everybody. It's for everybody. Not that uh, I'm not but, gonna put words in your mouth. I'm saying everybody should listen to it. <laughs> I should say my top two demographics are gay men and people who don't like music. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're gonna reach a lot of people and congrats. I'll be sure to um bug you at the end of the show too to just remind sure. us and i'll put all anything you want to plug today including that if you want me to put your uh youtube channel with all those 2000 subscribers on it i'll put that in the show notes too but that is really cool um well you know as much as you know we love you as a musician and a performer uh we're here to talk about some video games and in fact i don't th- i haven't said it yet but it's in the episode title so the listener knows but would you uh, tell us what game we're going to be talking about today before we get into your history with games. Um, we're going to be playing today uh, Fire Emblem Blazing Sword. 
released in the U.S. just as Fire Emblem. Yes. Cool. Well, so that's a little teaser for you, the listener. Uh, before we dive into that, uh, let's get into your history with video games. Um, you can share as much or as little as you want. I guess the first sort of question I want to ask is, um, was there a time where you weren't into games and then suddenly were captured by them? Or was it just something that was just in your house and you always remember having them? I think it was more the latter. I do remember gotcha. the day we got our PS2. And I, I think the I think the N64 was just always there. Yes. I, I, I didn't have SNES or NES in the house or anything like that. N64, I think, was the oldest. Um, and, and I think a Game Boy Color was there at some point, too. I really probably should have looked at the years and figured out That's where okay. I was. But uh, <laughs> I just remember when the PS2 came out, that was a special Christmas. And it felt like the N64 was mine and the PS2 was my brother's. But we both kind of like got to play with each other's. Um, I definitely See an older was brother? Like, uh, yeah, like a year and a half. But that he, checks like, really, out. That checks out. He really felt, he really felt himself about that. You of know. course. <laughs> His ego bumped it up maybe a As year and a half, too. Yeah. Uh, he kind of stopped loving video games once I started getting better at them. And, I, I mean, I would be, beat him in Smash a lot nice. growing up. It's weird. He now watches his friends play video games as uh, just part of, like, his, like, whenever I go and hang out with him back home, he, that's all he does is just, like, go to his friend's house and I'll play Smash with them interesting uh, he, he prefers being a spectator and i really think i beat his ass so hard <laughs> that he was just like no this isn't for me anymore i can't let he's, this happen again yeah but he's a fan of the sport hey you know what i'm glad he's still supportive at least he's not knocking it too much you know i completely agree i was very like wow i'm really happy you have a full circle relationship with us <laughs> totally and uh now you've got your own domain that he's not going to encroach on so there you go totally i uh, so yeah it was that uh, and i i always had nintendo's consoles growing up but awesome. strangely strangely enough ps2 and xbox are the last consoles i owned for those two lines oh okay gotcha yeah uh, but when i did play ps2 games i'm like looking over at my little shelf right now like the Jack and Dexter series nice. was a fan. I, you did an episode on Jack and Dexter with Edgar. Yes. And I remember being like, we should talk about Jack 3. And in my head, I, I wasn't even thinking about how long it would take for that episode to even be necessary. Yes. <laughs> I was like, hey, maybe we should do something else. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was uh, a nice thought. And, and also, th- this is just a side moment, which is, I feel like, something I express to most of my guests now is thank you for being patient for getting on the show. I had someone reach out to me or on Twitter jokingly be like, this, because I just covered Spider-Man, Miles Morales, as, as one of our special monthly co-op episodes. So it's, it's something separate than like what you and I are doing here. But I had a friend be like, you did a game that came out three weeks ago and I've been on your list for a year. Your journalistic integrity is shot. And I was like, please understand. There's so many. It's And not even to be braggadocious, it's just a lot of people love video games or have like a game that's special. So they've reached out. So so thank Mm -hmm. you for being patient. But here we are. Just got you under the gun in 2020, even though this will come out in 2021. So and so, yeah, thank you again. Is Fire Emblem going to kick off the new year for your listeners? You know, I don't believe 
Let me actually check my calendar real quick because I have a schedule out. I don't, I think it's going to be later in January, actually. I have a few in the uh, can. This is Anthony Climactic then. I know. A, a shame. Uh, I'm to like really hype this up. But who man. doesn't love a late January release? <laughs> um, uh, so sorry to get you off course, but you have mostly been a Nintendo person with the exception mm-hmm. of those earlier consoles. Yeah, I mean, Jack and Daxter, um, Sly Cooper. Did you play the oh, Sly Cooper games? Oh, interesting. I love those games. Uh, yeah, the second one especially was iconic. Sucker Punch, which I've, I'm, I've recently been playing Ghost of Tsushima, and I didn't realize they're from the same uh, developer who hasn't made that many games, actually. They really haven't. And I think a different development company made the fourth game, which oh, gotcha. I haven't played because it's on PS3 or PS4. Hmm. Um, but I heard that the reviews were not as favorable. And I was oh. like, ha ha ha, Sucker Punch knows something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, what else did they play? Dragon Quest was really big in my life. Um, oh, the Paper Mario series. Just, like, just, going, just looking at my shelf, I love the Paper Mario series. Awesome. Well, the first two. Gotcha. I was going to ask uh, because people uh, have varied opinions about all of them. Um, as they should, as yes. they all should. See, I, I, I'm definitely of two minds, but I am, I'll be also be very clear and say that my preference is sh- severely towards the first, the format of the first two games. The, the, you know, even though it's very, very simple, the JRPG-ness of it, uh, the partners. Yeah, um, I know that that's not all of what people love about Paper Mario, but that's two of the big reasons I did, so I miss it. They, it, they really nailed what their formula was going to be for their jrpg and yeah. i think that's what makes it so like i can play that once a year that's in your door and so good go through the same stupid motions and i'll say the biggest detriment to the game is the amount of walking back and forth you have to do yes <laughs> but, absolutely even and, getting on the baby yoshi even with that it's still alive. even oh um did you, what did you ever name your baby yoshi not to sidetrack because I, like, I, I remember when that came, i remember as a kid when that came up i was like Oh, fucking shit is on. Yes. Why Why was that such a special thing? Because I thought it was cool, too. I, I remember early on naming him something like Preston because I thought he was, I th- thought it was like a cute butler. But I love that. For whatever reason, I guess that's where my head was at. Uh, I guess I thought I wanted a butler as a kid. Yikes. Uh, I, love, I love that Preston is a butler name. Preston is, I, it was just one that always came to mind. It was probably honestly in some cartoon that I just, I inserted into my brain. But I actually mm. played it all the way through for the first time in January, and nice. and January, February, sort of, and um, I forgot. But I'll I'll try to check my memory card and get back to you on that. Did you have one, or is it just you remember that was a cool thing? I remember that was a cool thing. I played it enough times where I know. A, I remember the last one I played, and then the first the my first my first baby Yoshi. Oh, I'm all ears. He was blue, which I've now read. Oh, oh yeah, so for listeners who have no idea what the hell we're talking about, um, this <laughs> baby Yoshi, <laughs> you get at one point in the game, and depending on when you receive the egg and when you trigger the event that hatches it, depending on how long it takes, if it takes like three to six minutes, six to eight minutes, uh, eight to ten minutes, it can be one of six colors. Yes. So you could play it so many different times to get different colored Yoshis. I remember the second time I played it and all of a sudden he came out green and I was like, but you were blue last time. What? <laughs> this what is game this got better. <laughs> uh, 
but he was blue and his name was Boomer. Oh, that's cute. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, fucking Boomer. Uh, but the last time he was orange because uh, I was playing like with the, it was during quarantine and I was like playing oh. with a with a friend on Discord while he was working and we were just talking. Um, and so I like, yeah, I just kept trying to get the orange color just so I could name. Did I name it Matt or after him? I can't remember. I can't Matt remember, is a but... funny Yoshi name to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I love like very John. name for things. <laughs> Bob. Oh, no, that's, e- that's even too specific. Uh, yeah, that's true. Tim. That That's right up there. Oh, it's funny. That, I mean, obviously... I'm sure you know, but that it's cool to see the intelligence systems tie for you between those games and the Fire Emblem series. Okay, as someone who doesn't pay too much attention oh, to that's it, that's okay. It's, it's it's like weird that like my brain is not going through both of their opening credits, and I'm like, yeah, that red and blue symbol. Don't worry about it. It's I mean, it's just interesting that like the this Fire Emblem series is really close to your heart, as are the first two Paper Mario's who are developed by the same team. Uh, or uh, not maybe not the I, same people, but the same company. So that really touches my heart in a weird yeah. way. Like, yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Um, Intelligent Systems knows what's up. Hell yeah. Uh, so you, so you're you've just stayed a Nintendo kid. Did you? Were you also like, all right, we? And I, I see your Wii U in your hand. Spoiler to the listener. Yeah. Were you just yeah. like all the way through, just riding mm-hmm. that Nintendo train? I don't have a GameCube anymore. That's one of the ones I did end up selling at one point just because I can play GameCube games with my Wii. Like, yeah. I, don't keep, I don't keep things that aren't necessarily practical. And it didn't play in 64 consoles. And I didn't, so yeah. Yeah. Um, rest, I, I miss having a GameCube, but it, it, it's very large. But yeah, I have a Wii, Wii U, Switch, and I have a 3DS. Awesome. Um, oh, what kind of 3DS do you have? Red. I also Ooh. have. Um, uh, I can't find it. I also have an SP. Oh, cool. I think was a game changer. Uh, well, the the Sega Game Gear. I had one of those growing up, and that was the first handheld console that had a backup light. Yes. And I remember that being amazing on like old vacations. I would play Sonic the Hedgehog two. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> On the Game Gear, and it was just—I could actually play that at like eleven o'clock at night without needing a light on. Yes, but those old and Nintendo then, systems did not. <laughs> they did not give a fuck about you. They no. wanted you to suffer on car rides home from late night. Buy our worm light. <laughs> Got to buy the worm, and the worm light sucks too. The it was glare. terrible. That like uh, barely made you able to see that screen. <laughs> I, yeah, I just remember the first time I, the SP came out. And that screen lit up and it just, it changed all of our lives. All of Dang. us got no, no sleep oh, be- that before is, school the next day. That's a good reason to get no sleep as far as I'm concerned. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I eventually want to move on to the game we're talking about, but briefly, I also would actually, yeah, you know, I'll ask you now, was this the first, no, no, I, I keep changing my mind, Adam. I'm sorry you heard me start and stop a million times. I'm going to hold on asking about your Fire Emblem history. I'll wait till the main portion. I guess the last question I'll have for you is, have you been playing anything recently or within the last year that you've found that's been right up your alley that you've really loved? 
Oh, um, I definitely wanted to talk about this because I just love giving Courtney as much flack as possible. I have put like 80 hours into Hades already. <laughs> nice. Oh, <laughs> Hades is so good. And I want to say like probably two or three weeks into playing it, um, I looked up something to like how to unlock Deuce's companion piece. And oh. that's when I saw voice by Courtney Benet. And I was like, huh. how crazy. How, and I, I, I mean, I, I, I texted her immediately. That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, me and my friends are obsessed with Dusa. What the hell? Yes, uh, it's crazy how like I mean, a lot of those characters have had have like cult followings now, but Dusa was one of those that especially blew up, which is so cool mm-hmm. to see. Well, because I mean, it's so weird because we know Cordy. We have yeah. heard her prop- make these specific voices so many times, 11 o'clock at night. Yes, um, it's true. Oh my gosh. Like playing characters that lean into either Deuce or Aphrodite. It's so funny. Gosh. Um, yeah. And it's so, I can just completely hear her, but still hear the character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like we can even talk about Hades for a second. I just think it's a perfectly made game for any kind of play style really yeah absolutely super rewarding but um yeah shout out to courtney she like i want to ask her if she still is recording dialogue for this game because i'm 80 hours in and i'm like how is there still cutscenes? they're they're not they did this all like over a year ago if not like two years ago which is crazy because i've heard i'm i have spent a lot less time with it than you have but that was amazing to me and then that's another thing that i've heard from uh, yourself and other people about how is there this much new dialogue this far into the game for these crazy scenarios Mm -hmm. like 80 hours in Zagreus and Thanatos are finally confessing their feelings to each other and i'm like (laughs) you guys have talked like a hundred times yeah this okay, Zagreus ha- at least has to still be recording stuff at the very. I, I can't imagine like how it's possible. I mean, I guess the, the lady who recorded all of series stuff made it happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who are you, voice of Siri? Uh, that's do you have a favorite, um, a favorite weapon in that game, or does it depend? Um, it, there's aspects I like and everything, um, but uh, fist, mouth on cool. fist, aspect of Demeter. Gotcha. My go-to. Cool. Yeah, I have I have a 19 minute clear as my fastest now with that. Oh, oh. my gosh! <laughs> You're a machine. That's impressive. <laughs> when I get into a game, when like the formula just like fits what my brain needs so yes. badly, I ew, the hours got so lost. Yeah, that's a it's like part of what can make games really fun if you want to dive into them, though. So I love hearing mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. It's like and someone might not want to put as much maybe time <laughs> or effort into it. But for someone like yourself who does and that's interesting or just like like perpetually entertaining, like it's cool that it could provide that. Mm-hmm. And I do have uh, a friend who's like, I play maybe one or two runs of it a night. At most, and I like I've been playing a lot more Fire Emblem recently, so I haven't yeah. touched Hades oh, nice. in a couple of days. Uh, but once I finish this run through a Fire Emblem, I'll probably jump back to Hades. Yeah. But I, I like that it's a game that there it you can burst through it, and there's still so much more, or you can take your time and really just let it. Ha- yeah, it. I have only recommendations for this. It's not that much too. 
Yeah, it's not. And it keeps going on like a, a like sale for like 20 and normally you think it's 25. So mm. yeah, it's it's about as good of a deal as you could get this year. I can't I don't think I can recommend a game more this year. I mean, this I I yeah. haven't played Cyberpunk yet, so I don't know. Yeah. But uh yeah, yeah. That's about it. Awesome. Well, thank you for diving deep into your game history and talking about some recent stuff you've loved. Uh, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about uh, Fire Emblem, The Blazing Sword, your history with it, and all the fun stuff. How about that? Sounds great. Sweet. My name is Jeremy Schmidt, and I host a podcast called Video Games, a Comedy Show. We pretend like we are morning radio DJs within the Mushroom Kingdom for exactly five minutes per episode before dropping it all together. We cover topics like our favorite video games to take on vacation, the birthday roast of Mario, favorite Desert Island PS2 games, and infinity more episodes. If you like to hold a controller and are prone to laughter, well then Buster, I've got hours of stuff for you. Check out Video Games, a Comedy Show anywhere podcasts can be found welcome back to call me by your game of course this episode talking about fire emblem the blazing sword with adam winnie uh and adam before we dive you know super deep into your history with this game and what you loved about it um i'm gonna give the listener a quick little rundown on what the heck this game is and of course if you want to interrupt at any time please do because you are the master of this game I might add on, but I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, So here I go. Fire Emblem, The Blazing Sword, is a Japanese tactical RPG for the Game Boy Advance, developed by Intelligent Systems and published by Nintendo. It was released in 2003, and upon its release in the West, it was simply titled Fire Emblem, as Adam said earlier in the show. Uh, It is the seventh game in the series, but the first to be released in North America and Europe, and the narrative is a prequel to the events of the previous game. Uh, This game is divided into two segments, the first starring Lynn and revolving around her quest to save her grandfather from his brother, acting as sort of a tutorial for the game, and the second longer part stars Elliewood, Hector, and Lynn as they oppose the schemes of the sorcerer Nurgle, who seeks to summon the long-banished dragons back to, is this Elibay? Alib? Alib. Oh, I think Alib. I think Alib. Alib. Thank you, Alibe. Alib for his own game. Um, <laughs> the country of Alibe. Alibe. <laughs> that sounds very like a fun place to be for some reason. Uh, mm-hmm. And many characters from the previous game appear as younger versions of themselves since it's the prequel. Uh, last, the last thing I was going to share is that uh, Fire Emblem The Blazing Sword has received praise from many critics for its especially when it first came out for its epic story character development and gameplay and is considered one of the best game boy advance games and is the fifth highest rating rated fire emblem game based on some game rankings aggregate scale uh the website game rankings it, who know i don't know where it falls for you but i want i, I, I want to ask does it mean fifth rated in terms of u.s releases or all of them 
Now, that's a question that I don't have the answer to. I'm <laughs> guessing fair. it might be all of them. Okay, I was probably going to assume that too, because most people that think about Fire Emblem are the ones, like, I have, I have played the, the one that's related to this, the one that this is a prequel for, uh, with Roy in it from Melee. Oh, yes. Um, from an emulator. But that's the only one I've done. I know people who have played like the really early ones too. Oh yeah. Did you were you someone who did you see the the since because of the anniversary this year, the the thing they released for the Switch? The like collector's edition? For um Fire Emblem? For the first game that was on like the NES. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'll buy it. I'll probably buy it later. But it's <laughs> weird. They already re-released it in a way on the DS uh, Shadow Dragon. So now they're just like now they're releasing the original original version of it, sure, which is very cool. It is, but part of me is like, okay, but like release Trachea seven seven six, release Holy War, come on. Um, Yeah, you'd rather so you'd just rather see other things at this point. I'd I'd rather see other games that I haven't been able to play yet, and I know exactly what game I'm going to play as soon as I do download it. I will, I will. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but as like a diehard, I'm like. Oh wait. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, that makes perfect sense. Uh mm-hmm. well, aside from just like the brief history and context, was there anything else you wanted to share about the game before we dive into your history with it? Um No, honestly, you really kind of nailed it. it. It Oh, I'll say um the important thing to know about Fire Emblem is uh basically it's a giant game of chess except instead of the pieces having these objective i have one hit point and i can take away your hit point and it's just yeah. very like arbitrary i hit you first you die um in this game you have weapons you have stats and there's a back and forth almost between your pieces um but what made fire up so popular and long ending is um, this introduction of permadeath um, yes. All of the characters that you collect throughout the chapters and throughout the the different maps you clear, uh, all these characters, they really personalize. Like, I'll show you, like, this is Canis, because uh, I'm playing right now, listeners. Um, this is Canis. He is a shaman. He has uh-huh. purple hair. Um, he's the only shaman you can get in this entire game that uses dark magic. Um, and if he dies, you can never use him again. Oh, my gosh. Are you able to restart turn... the chapter? Are you able to toggle a setting for that? Or is it like, no, permadeath is just part of this game? This version, permadeath, is part of the game. There are newer versions, starting with Awakening on the 3DS, that have an option where they will be revived at the beginning of the next chapter. Okay. uh, Which a lot of diehards, including me, found a little bit of an eye roll. But like there's that I understand that they're trying to introduce it to new gamers in sure. order to give them confidence. Wait, there's a reason Fire Emblem is considered a, a, a hard game. Um, yeah. I didn't beat it until I was a late adult. No, not yeah. late adult, late teenager. Sorry, you're uh, you're an I, early adult now. As a ten year old, <laughs> I did not have the understanding of what I needed to do with this in order to make my army ready by the the final chapter. Yeah. It's one of these weird games that like there's a finite amount of experience. There are some units worth investing that experience into more. And if you don't properly place it well, you can go into that end game fucked with no chance to win. Ooh, that's brutal. But I mean, that's, if you're, yeah. if you're a fan of the series, you know, to expect that. It's something that like I had to come back to later. 
Yes. <laughs> it was like, I'm ready to tackle this again. Dang. Uh, well, very cool. Oh, I guess the other thing I was going to add was that um, since this was the first one released in the United States, this uh, I don't know if you were a Melee kid by that time, but do you remember anything think- about like, oh, Martha and Roy, this is what they're from? It, I think I didn't actually play Melee for the first couple of years it was out because I didn't have a GameCube until like mm. a little bit after that. Gotcha. And I didn't really have friends who owned it uh, or played it. So Fire Emblem, I, came, I didn't know that who Martha and Roy were. It's weird though. <laughs> so weird. I play Fire Emblem and then I play Melee finally and I see Roy there and I'm like, but his name's Elwood. <laughs> So weird. Because um, <laughs> uh, um, Roy is this red-haired kid. In the first game that comes out in the U.S., Ellawood is this red-haired man. And I'm, I'm sure that people who came across Melee first were probably able to put the pieces together faster. But I was baffled. Sure. Especially because Marth was there. Marth is not in this game at all. Yes. Um, Marth is in the first one. Um, Blade, uh, Blades of Light, or is that the, what, the original? I don't remember what the original title is for the first I one. I don't know either. But I just know the remake of Shadow Dragon, so that's what I think of it as. Hmm. But uh, um, there's also two other lords in this, uh, Hector and Lynn, who in my brain was like, okay, I guess one of them is Marth. Is <laughs> that the Huh. Just thinking that, that it like, had to be. Marth. It had to be. Yeah. That. I was like, it, but it's Fire Emblem. I don't get Especially it. Especially with that title. That's so confusing. It was, it, it really, oh, I've been thinking about why they've made this game the way it was in the first place. Mm. And I think that there was a lot they had to do with releasing this intentionally being internationally. Oh, gotcha. Um, so they knew that melee characters were going to be from Fire Emblem and they were going to be in the U.S. They knew that was going to happen. And then all of a sudden that builds a little bit of interest. So the development team behind Fire Emblem was like, what are we going to do? The next one has to be released internationally. So they decided to not dive too far away from oh. uh, Roy and Marth and try to like, create a whole new world. So they decided to make a prequel. Oh. Have a character that emulated Roy a little bit, so people would probably connect the dots. And when you finish the game, you you see Roy as a child. Oh, uh, that's very oh, cool. Spoiler alert: If you're gonna <laughs> <laughs> go play, this, this is a thing that might happen. Um, yeah, uh, you, you but you know he's uh, Roy's dad in the first place. So they had a lot of balancing acts they had to do another instance they had to explain what the hell fire emblem was to an american audience yeah tactical games i think advanced wars came out in the u.s i think that was even like the first or second year of the game boy advance too so it was early Mm -hmm. so some people had an idea but advanced wars wasn't like that big yeah so the idea of like explaining what these mechanisms were was a little weird so fire emblem blazing sword has uh, a very, as I've been playing it, a very tactful way of introducing audiences to it. Oh. Which is, uh, you have part one, Lynn's chapters and story. Um, you can skip it as soon as you play it once because uh, it's really just a tutorial. Oh, gotcha. All 10 chapters. It's a tutorial where you're, uh, you wake up unconscious 
in a field and find out that you are a famous tactician. So, uh, you, you, you're never on the game board map. You're just like in cutscenes, uh, and you never really talk. You're just a tactician and you meet Lynn and you decide to work with Lynn. And in the first chapter, Lynn is like, tell me what to do. You're a tactician and okay. you are, you're in charge of moving the units on the board and based okay. on the turn. So as a kid, it makes it obvious of like, this is your role in this story. You're not necessarily Link or Mario. You are going to be controlling the army. Interesting. And usually in these games, uh, you are Mark, you are Roy, you are the Lord. So I, I understand why they like made this very interesting prequel with this tactician character kind of like masking yeah. the audience's perception. That is so fascinating to me. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I'm sure I'll get into it at some point, but the only, I played one Fire Emblem game. <gasps> yes, and I didn't what, even finish what? it. And it was Three Houses. But, <laughs> and I got to know why, is it, is it like, wow, that's the one you played? I got to know. You got to come clean. I understand why it's the one you played, but I'm just, I wish you had played Awakening or Fate. Dude, that's of the, how of the newer I, ones. that's how I felt, especially, and I actually liked Three Houses. I only played about 30 hours of it, but I, I, I like I Three Houses, but it is not a Fire Emblem game at, to what I think of as Fire Emblem. Yes. It, uh, it, it has aspects of Fire Emblem, and those are the parts I like the most. Yeah. What, what, how does it, I guess, stray from what you, what was normal, what you came to expect? So, in Three Houses, which is the newest one on the Switch, um, there's so many more mechanisms and mechanics. You like, yeah. What is it? You have to bond with the students in this overworld map and run around and do errands and the, Oh my god. In the I'd say up until yeah, that's the worst one. Um, but usually it's just here's a map. Yeah. Here are units. You'll have a little cutscene explaining the story and a little preparation map, uh, yes. a little preparation screen of like main menu, pick your units, here are your items. Okay. Uh, there's not much to it. But it's, it's mostly battling. It's mostly battling. It's mostly oh, the chess. I can see how that would be frustrating if that's what you're used to and want, as opposed to this the whole relationship, uh, student teacher side of it. It just doesn't make sense. Well, the, uh, Awakening, Fire Emblem Awakening on the 3DS was had a lot of positives and negatives for this series. Oh, okay. The positives were they really amped up the gameplay. Um, which is something they've been lacking in. Well, Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn on GameCube and Wii were considered good gameplay, but then Shadow Dragon for the DS almost got them completely canned as a game. Oh, wow. It was that bad. And it is pretty bad. Uh, and that's the remake it. of the first one? The remake of the first one, oh, yeah. Wow. They, they tr well, they tried so hard to recreate the first one. They lost all of the fun, all, oh. all of the ingenuity. Like there's certain things about each version of Fire Emblem where they'll add a new, uh, a new. Uh, like a mechanic or like an element. That's the word. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And some of them will stay, some of them will leave. Uh, yeah. And the Shadow Dragon really just, the, it, it had a change classes uh, mechanic, hmm. 
which was interesting sometimes, like if like, I guess there's a unit that had low resistance stats and you wanted to change her to something that had, would percent wise raise resistance better for a couple turns. Hmm. Sure. But like the, doesn't say the fact that the chapters are really easy to just glide through. And, yeah. yeah. Did it just, did it stay too faithful to the original? Like they should have brought some of those new elements forward with it. I think that, and they should have amped up the difficulty level because they had some of the new mechanics. And the mm. new mechanics they did have, which I'd say are mechanics from Blazing Sword and the first ones released in the US, because those were the mechanics, they became, became immediately easier. Like we didn't have mm. a, I don't think there was a weapon triangle even in the first oh. one. Um, yeah, in the Fire Emblem series, as of most of the series, uh, the main three physical weapons are swords, lances, and axes, and it's in a rock, paper, scissors style battle fight. So sword beats axe, axe beats lance, lance beats sword. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the triangle that like really does determine a lot of where you place units uh, based on things. So, but because that wasn't a thing in the first one, uh, and that is a thing in the second one. Like little things like uh, it, that is a thing in the remake. Little things like that make Shadow Dragon just a child's game. Bummer. Ugh. Yeah. Um, dang. Uh, yeah. But oh, so Awakening amped up the gameplay. Yeah. But then also, weirdly enough, introduced fan service. And I think mm, that. Uh, well, there's a mechanic where you can mate people um, for, for game reasons. If you mate yes. people, there's a, t- there's a timeline in Awakening, and depending on who it is, um, they are going to make a child. Um, oh. And that child, uh, you can then, and which I think is um, a nod to one of the earlier games. Genealogy okay. uh, um, of a Holy War. And then that one had the same idea. Get two characters to mate, and then the second part of the game, when you fight with their children, um, their children will have their stats or their classes dependent on whoever their parents oh, were. It's like which Pokemon is what a, breeding almost. Fuck yes, it is. And it made the gameplay and Awakening so fucking cool. Because all of a sudden it was like, holy shit, yeah, I want these two characters to have their stats and their class put together. And then the next one that came out, State, doubled down on it more and they had friendship relationships that could uh uh alter class people class units and abilities wow like i remember in fate i did everything i could to get everybody to train as a mechanist for a little bit until they got a special skill called duplicate and then uh my army of 20 turned into an army of like 36 (laughs) oh my gosh that's some like i've been recently i've been really diving into uh like a lot of not actually playing, which is always my problem, playing a ton of RPGs, but I've been learning a lot more about them and listening to, like I love to just throw on like a long deep dive RPG podcast and listen to, even if it's a game I'm not familiar with, I love that. And mm-hmm. those, just some of the things that I think can be overlooked uh, that you're describing are some real like actual, what makes a role what describes a role-playing game is like you are literally influencing uh, like who your characters become later in the game. Yeah. That's really, I just feel like recently I've had my understanding of what an RPG is flipped upside down 
and I can appreciate that aspect of this game. That's really interesting to me. And yeah, it just, when you look at it just from a technical standpoint of what it makes your ability to mess with the mechanics, that is cool. The gross problem was a lot of the developers in um, the next game, Fire Emblem Fates, were like, oh shit, people really like the fact that you can mate people. Let's add in DLC content of people in bikinis. Um, and the Yeah, the waifu <laughs> era of Fire Uh-oh. Emblem started. Yeah. Uh, it's, and it's pretty gross. Uh, stri- but- <laughs> We've got DLC and it's a... Uh- and it's a it's a limited uh, what what's a good what's a brand I almost said limited to that's probably a that's a child store uh who makes bikinis anyway but it's, yeah. it's from them that's so strange and like i guess the i i really don't i really am proud of myself for never having looked it up but like i remember seeing like the ads pop up for it sometimes on like my 3ds uh and was like Huh. Don't let it uh, get into your Fire Emblem uh, world this, at all. Keep it away from you. This isn't, this isn't the spirit. No. <laughs> uh, but Three Houses' big problem was all of a sudden, I don't remember, are you supposed to flirt with the students? Or are the you, students like- you absolutely can, and you can form like a bond with them. And then when you go forward, which I never even did like the leap forward in time. You and- didn't even get through the, to the leap forward in time? No. I didn't. Wow. I know. Wow. No, so, I mean, like, it's there. Three Houses is a struggle of a game because it just overcomplicates such a simple formula. Yeah, there was a, there was a lot. I liked it. I just got burnt out, honestly, uh, after about 30 hours, um, maybe less than that, in fact. Um, but, yeah, you can do that. So that's, it's, uh, it's interesting. But it's interesting to hear you share about the other parts of the series that you really like. Um, aside from this one that we're talking about today, do you have another that's like uh, number two for you, maybe in the Fire Emblem series? Ooh. And if if that, if that's like picking between your kids, like it, you, no pressure. I get it. I get it. Um, I'll 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 do a top three. Um, I'll put Ooh. the fate. I'll I'll put the Fates series up there, even though it introduced the weird, gross fan service stuff. The gameplay and the mechanics in that game, the one where like I had an army of thirty six people, yes. even though I technically only had like sixteen units. Wow. Uh, that was really fun to play with. Uh, they, it just, it was so rewarding putting that time yeah. into that army. Um, and then of course I'll put blazing sword in there. It's the cool. one that really got me going after that. I'll say radiant Dawn on the Wii. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I think it's the one, well, it is the only one that has a third tier promoted class. You have your uh, unpromoted unit, then a pre-promoted, uh, 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 sorry, an unpromoted unit, a promoted unit, and then like a, a next tier promoted unit. Like Interesting. A, like, like, a, like a blast toy. Like, yeah. Like, like imagine <laughs> a Pokemon. speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, imagine a Pokemon just had like only war turtles and, and, uh, <laughs> and metapods. <laughs> and... Uh, um, Not the same game, dra- is it? <laughs> in Dragonairs. Um, I mean, like, Dragonairs are cool, but imagine them finally coming out with a game that gives you Dragonite. Yeah, that would be pretty dang cool. And I will say, like, the unity to fight measure up just a tiny bit, but you still feel like a god slashing through them. That's cool. Uh, Radiant Dawn is a really epic, long story. It's in four parts, and it's one of those things of, like, you end up by part three, 
in the same part in different chapters playing different sides of opposing armies. Whoa. Interesting. Yeah. Um, wow. And uh, by, by chapter four, I, w- I won't spoil it because I think Radiant Dawn is, I think it's a game people could still probably get. Uh, actually, yeah, I'll say it. Get Radiant Dawn. It's a Great. really good Fire Emblem game. Uh, and there, there, there's a lot of ways that you can overcome parts of the original Game Boy Advance series problems, like a finite amount of experiences, bonus experience you can give your units in this cool. game. It's like really help units that aren't picking it up in battle as much. Okay. Uh, but in the end game, you have three different little parties you can piece together from everybody you have collected throughout the entire game. Interesting. Um, and then after you get to the end of the end game, you can pick your favorites from those three and uh, send them off to the final boss. So okay. I, I think ready, especially in that second or third playthrough, is just one of those games that like, ah, God, I all of them have this really satisfying way of building that final army and it, I, it does it the best. That's awesome. And that's, is uh, just so I'm clear, that's the Wii one? That's the Wii one, yeah. Cool, okay. Yeah, sometimes Wii games are easier to find than I would think, so I should check that out. I think it's only like $40 from when I last looked at okay. it. Uh, but Path of Radiance, uh, oh yeah, Ike is in Radiance on. We all know Ike, we like oh, Ike. Oh, Ike. Uh, <laughs> oh, Ike. We yeah, all know okay. Ike. We, I fight for my friends. <laughs> he doesn't say that ever in these games. Uh, I love that that's his, his big meme. That's too good. But uh, his first one on the GameCube Path of Radiance is $300 now on Amazon. Oh, wow. I'm, per, I'm sure probably the same on eBay too. But so uh, When stuff like that happens, I, I'm like, all right, Nintendo, there is truly no reasonable way for people to try to acquire these old games now. Figure out your BS with your virtual console, your which is never going to come back. Uh, your your Nintendo Switch Online, like it just as much as I love Nintendo, that's another. That's just something that I still that really bothers me. I feel like a Path of Radiance is coming soon. On a, oh, let's put that out of the universe out. right now. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put that out in the universe, and they Thank keep you. throwing more Fire Emblem characters into Smash, and I think they're gonna keep throwing us more Fire Emblem. Great. There we it, go. It's, it is crazy how much Awakening saved the franchise. It, wow. it, they really almost canned it, but Awakening did what Fire Emblem does best, and it goes into the gameplay, and that's what it mainly focuses on, and everything's awesome. about the gameplay. Which cool. is why I love this. Which is why I love Blazing Sword. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, uh, I have an important question for you, which is, do you remember how Blazing Sword came into your life? Was it, did you see an ad for it? Did it just show up? <laughs> what's, this, what's this story of romance that we need to hear? Uh, well, I did, I did DM you this commercial. Did you watch it yet? I watched it. I've actually watched it twice, and I watched a, one of the videos I watched about this game played it as well, and wow, is it fantastic. It is the best commercial for a different game. I'll say that. (laughs) (laughs) It does look like it's some classic like Dungeons and Dragons thing. And there's definitely Dungeons and Dragons elements. I will not discredit that at all. Um, But the Dungeons and Dragons elements it is considering is the idea of like, uh, well, well, there's this whole like, 
let me go to the beginning. Please. I saw this commercial as a kid. I was 10 years old. It's 03. And uh, it opens on a tavern. And uh, this uh, a man is like, you can trust no one. Uh, <laughs> Adam's and, holding uh, a, a goblet, an air goblet right now for the listener. And then someone on the other side of the table passes out. And they're like, what happened to Dorcas? <laughs> and the original guy's like, I put poison in his mug. And then they all laugh hysterically. And then it just says, who are you? In, uh, in, in font. It shows a little couple cut scenes of little fight animations. And the narrator's like, build an army. Trust no one. Fire emblem. Ins- and I was like, what is this insane plot? that I'm going to have to weave myself through. Oh, it's not, re- it's not really about trust at all. It really is just building an army. Yeah, um, it's, it, it's so funny because I feel like this commercial, the, the tone and the feeling is so different from what this game actually is that it's so funny to me, but I couldn't be happier that it exists. But you still ended up happier. loving the game. I remember it made me ask for that game for Christmas because the Aww. game came out in November. Perfect timing. Yeah, perfect timing. They, I, I mean, that was the one thing Fire Emblem's marketing team did right, was they put the air time <laughs> out right. Yes. <laughs> they did not nail the concept. Uh, but remember asking for it and just loving it. Uh, and I was a Great. Pokemon kid, and so I think there was awesome. something about the non-immediacy to it that I found very soothing. Because, mm. um, I, I mean, it's a game that I have been playing on and off this entire uh, podcast. Yes. <laughs> on on famously, I gotta shout you out again on your Wii U gamepad, uh, folks. We got a Wii U owner here. Pretty cool. Oh, I love myself. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a badge of honor. I've got one down here. I've used it a bunch of times this year, uh, and that is still one of its redeeming qualities. Is what you're doing, which is playing a Game Boy Advance game from the Virtual Console. I use my Wii U still to play this. Sacred Stones, which is the next Fire Emblem game that came out in the U.S. two years later. And then I also use it to play Earthbound whenever I do play Earthbound. Oh, my gosh. You can't – it's hard to see, but uh, I've got a poster above that TV. That's an Earthbound poster. Can you see it sort of? It's that thing right there. I have hard to move my finger here. But, yeah, it's hard to see, but I should take a picture of that and send it to you. Uh, Good reason to use your Wii U, I'll say. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, we were talking about Paper Mario earlier, and I was like, Paper Mario and Earthbound, I think, are two of the funniest written games yeah. in the U.S. that ever came out. Yeah. I'm with you 100%. Uh, Just so drawn by that stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Did you ever play this game? Probably not. Uh, it was called Okage Shadow King. No, never. All, uh, it was on PS2. It was not that popular. I remember getting in a blockbuster a couple times. <laughs> And it's um, an RPG where you play um, the saddest, quietest boy in the world. Uh, and, the, and the narrator just like dogs you in the introduction. <laughs> and your family dogs you. Everyone else in the town dogs you. They're just like, you suck. Um, <laughs> Jeez. Um, and your sister opens up a bottle and it releases a demon. Whoa. And the, de- the demon... Um, takes over your sister's body um, and her, her shadow, makes her shadow pink, and she only speaks Pig Latin. 
<laughs> that's, that's a funny <laughs> choice by that demon. Oh, it, I mean, and by the fucking writers too. I mean, they have to write out a bunch of text of pig Latin, and it's just fucking just Jeez. perfect. But the whole plot of the game is your family decides, eh, you don't talk anyway, so the pig Latin curse won't bother you. We're gonna give you to him. And they make a deal with the demon where the demon now takes control of you and you have to go off and uh, take over the world. Incredible. Uh, Okagi? Okagi? What's it called? Okage Shadow King. O-K-A-G-E. It's wickedly funny. You should just watch a playthrough of it. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Read the dialogue. It was so dumb. Uh, Wow. But I... I definitely have a love, a big soft spot, and uh, for yeah, big soft spot for games. I get so worked up about games sometimes. No uh, worries, I I can't talk, and I've been hosting the show for a year, so you're all good. Yeah, but the funnier a game, the more I'm like, you guys don't have to do this. Like, yes, this has nothing to do with the mechanics. You're doing this for yourselves, and that's why I love it. Uh, I am right there with you, and thank you. That's a really great rec. Thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. so. Take me back to when you're you're getting into this game after you get this game for Christmas, presumably. Yeah, yeah, and it was for Christmas. Did you was this something that you immediately remember just being so into? Did it take time? What did what do you love about this game? Um I will say as a kid, the tutorial helped. It really did. I was like, cool. okay, cool. I get this. Wow, I like this. This is fun. Um there were enough elements about this that uh, really drew to me. And uh, uh, I remember getting emotional at times in the story. I mean, like I have been cutting through these cutscenes. I've played this game so many times. I'm like, we get it. Your dad died. <laughs> at this point. But when you, people, were, when you were first playing it, maybe more captured. <laughs> exactly. I know. I was like, but he was the king, and now you have to take over the kingdom. I'm like, we, we get the story. Yeah. <laughs> this, this happens every fucking medieval story. Um, so, but I, I, it really is a well done story and the characters you get throughout it, um, the ones you really, I, I think that the characters with the most interesting backstories are also the ones that the developers will put the most metagame mechanics into. Okay. Like I noticed that like either some of the more uh, elusive looking characters or ones with deep backstories end up having better growth stats. And will end up being stronger. Wow! Like that's so. Um, uh, I don't know what to say. That just that that seems so like such a reward for the people who dive into those parts. Totally, and like I mean, there's there's a uh, two units in particular that you get in um, the second part of the game. Um, Rebecca and Dart. Um, Rebecca, you get in like the first chapter of part two. She's okay. just a fifth. She's a fifteen year old girl who lives in the town that your lord is a. Uh, uh, a part of and uh, she's an archer that's all she is and okay. like it really holy shit her growth stats are great and if you really invest the time in her um, when she promotes into a sniper I mean she had maybe threes and fours for all of her stats look at those wow 16, 16 17 18 um, yeah she grows and that's only at level five she has 15 more levels to just get more ridiculous 117 battles so far with her like wow. i just i just chuck her out to the world now um <laughs> and then but oh yeah um her and dart dart is a pirate you get halfway through the game 
Rebecca mentions in a cut scene super early on that she's kind of looking for her long lost brother. Okay. And uh, Dart is a pirate. And this some um, mechanics in Fire Emblem called support conversations where two characters that end up having these conversations secretly um, battle in combat next to each other enough times, you can unlock conversations that when they stand next to each other in combat later, they will give each other maybe more hit ratio in their oh. next move or more defense, more attack, little things like that. That's uh, that's another one of those things is as I've researched this game, it's been so satisfying to me. Having not even played it, I've just been like, you're doing right by the people playing this game. What a great element of that. It's so, it's so fucking rewarding. But Dart is a pirate who has lost his memory. And oh, wow. slowly, slowly throughout the game, Rebecca and Dart start to like piece together the fact that they are long lost siblings. Oh, wow. I like, I want to, I almost so got here. I just say that it's so heartwarming. Like it has nothing to do with the main three characters at all. Um, That's cr- it's, it seems really cool to me not to step on your toes too much, just that like these tertiary, these secondary sort of characters that, that not only the game rewards you for doing that, but that for, you know, maybe seeking them out and spending time with them and using them, but also any character who you're sort of referring to that, it's like, oh, if you invest in these stories and these characters, it you see that sort of thing reflected in your battles and vice versa. Or if in your battles they're next to each other, that's reflected in the story, maybe in some dialogue, but that's just so cool to me. Oh, I'll show you something I just noticed in this chapter. So on the chapter I'm playing right now, which is uh, Four Fang Defense, there are two villains on the other side. Oh, uh, let, let me do the tiniest bit of a plot synopsis yeah, for please. Blade and Sword. Um, uh, after you get past the tutorial blood, the main storyline is, um, you play Ellawood, whose father has gone missing and you are scouring Mm -hmm. the countryside trying to find him. And you find out that there's a secret organization called the Black Fang that is trying to bring back dragons into the world. Uh, Centuries ago, there was a long battle with dragons that sealed them away into a different universe, and someone's trying to open the dragon's gates. Okay. Um, and that's and, bad. Uh, that's really not <laughs> lovely for the economy. Yeah. <laughs> at least. we're concerned about. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Nurgle, the main villain, decides that the best way to get his dragon's gate to open is he infiltrates a criminal organization called the Black Fang, and slowly replaces their leaders with like clones and morphs of his. Oh. Um, so there's two brothers in his organization that um, are not these morphs. Like, honestly, they're probably good people. Like, it's, yeah. it's, there's, I love the moral dilemma that goes into Fire Emblem games. Because a lot oh, of nice. the people that you fight in these uh, chapters, the bosses end up being people that like will share information with you. Yeah. Um, you see where uh, they're coming from or they're sort of humanized almost this I just saw something today that humanized the shit out of this for me Um, uh, Lloyd and Linus are two brothers that are uh, in the Black Fang and they're just in this chapter, you can fight one or the other. And then uh, depending on uh, specifically the chapter I'm on, it's a reward based one where if I uh, got my three lords collectively to uh, have 50 levels between the three of them. I can unlock this version of the chapter. Um, oh, wow. But, 
if I, but I remember as a kid, I never did that. So yeah. I always end up in the fucking other side of it. Um, <laughs> it's very Star Fox 64. And I was just that, thinking about that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's the only chapter that's like that. But, um, and when you have the support conversations, I'm holding this up for Connor to oh. see right now. Um, it, you'll see Ella Wood has a support with Hector, a uh, C level. Yes. Which means they've had like one conversation. I was just looking at uh, Linus's. Uh, stats just now and I noticed that he, him and his brother never show up on the same map together so this doesn't need to be there but he has an A support with his oh. brother okay so it makes me really sad that I'm about to kill him in like 20 minutes yeah oh that, it's funny how truly just a small little characteristic I mean it's not a number it's a letter but it's essentially telling you a figure that can represent something that's more than a stat that just what it what you shared it's with really, me. Like, it's, amazing. Yeah, it's it's using a stat to tell the story. Yeah. In a weird way. I I just noticed it on this playthrough and was like, I love that. That really it really touched my heart. Like because yeah. I remember fighting them as a kid and being like, but they're not that evil. They're just following their father's orders, and their father is being seduced by like this woman named Sonia who was made like a clone made by Nurgle. Like there's, there's so much deception and manipulation. Maybe that's what that commercial was trying to say. Oh um, yeah. Lead into that, that part of it. Has nothing to do with you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, this is all other people's problems. I'm also really, I think it's really fantastic that you having played this game since you were 10, having, I don't know how many times you finished it, apparently many that you're still, you could learn something new about it. That's one of those things about video games that is just like, uh, it's why I love them. So that's so cool mm-hmm. to hear. Actually, I have a story. I was thinking about this. I was at yeah. um, one, I think maybe a year after I started playing it at a, my brother's intramural basketball game or something like that. Nice. Uh, uh, and uh, you're at like a high school gym, even though we're all in elementary and middle school. <laughs> um, and I saw one other kid playing a Game Boy Advance game. Oh, like, like in a, also in the crowd? Also in the crowd. And it's like not that big of a crowd. So like he's sitting alone, I'm sitting alone. And I shit you not, he's also playing Fire Emblem. And I was like, I had, not, I had never met anybody else who'd even heard of this game. That's was, so crazy. Did you end up talking? Were oh, you ner- not, did, nervous? Oh, we, I don't know. I don't remember how we started talking, but I just remember the second we both realized we were playing Fire Emblem, like we immediately started, we just sat right next to each other and we we're like, what are you doing? What's going on? That's and fantastic. Was, I was, I was at a point where I could not beat it because I oh, had yeah. like, you find out about finite amount of experience through all these chapters. If you fuck it up, you fuck it up. Um, and uh, mm. he had already beaten it. And I think he maybe was like a couple years older than me. And he really did give me more hope into like trying it again. And I beat it the next time I played it through. That almost is making this is so silly, but it almost makes me choked up hearing that. That's a, that is a small little thing that is just so special that you could have like a connection with some random kid at this basketball game. You probably <laughs> right. didn't want to go to if you're playing your Game Boy. I mean, I wouldn't want to be there if I was playing my Game Boy. Exactly. And maybe that's what it was. And I think I had like Pokemon on me too. So I probably could have sure. like switched over to Sa- Oh yeah. Were you a Sapphire or a Ruby? I like to just ask people you like know, randomly. Adam, I have a confession. It's uh, it's, 
I dropped off right before then. I was like hardcore red and blue, but I was a red kid. Hardcore gold and sil- silver is still my favorite Pokemon game of all time, Ooh, uh, nice. specifically the remake. But I have Alpha Sapphire, but I've only played like two badges. So I'm I, fine. So, but what about you, Ruby or Sapphire for you? Um, I'll, I'll, but I'll start with Gen 1. Uh, so blue. Oh, great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> blue, silver, sapphire. Okay. Oh, even I see. Though, I see. Even it. though red, red's my favorite color. Uh, but I think blue was just given to me as a kid. And then, oh, sapphire was gross and manipulative as shit. My brother got gold version. I got silver version. That made sense. Yes. But for some reason, the two of us weren't allowed to have our own versions of Pokemon. So we had to share sapphire versions. Oh, that's very hard. Very hard. I mean, we ended up having a weird formula workout where he just likes grinding and I would do the battles. Oh, but interesting. I also, but I also like grinding and he would get mad if I changed the movesets. It's not, that's not a strong game to have 12-year-old boys fighting over. Yeah, you don't want two captains steering that ship. I, yeah. Only, only boat metaphors work for me, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I forced that in there. Uh, uh but I dropped off after Sapphire, and then I picked it up again after uh, Black and White. Oh, cool! So, yeah. I um, I for whatever reason, my best friend growing up, he got really hyped about a uh, Diamond and Pearl on the DS. So he got Diamond, and I got Pearl. And then I didn't play until the remake of Silver and Gold. So I got Soul Silver. Then that, I, also, I heard it was a great game. It was. It's like, I think the definitive way to play it as much as I'm still charmed by the Game Boy Color version. Um, it oh, it was so fantastic. It was the first, the I have a whole story about that game that I'll have to tell you another time, but uh, it's fantastic. And then eventually I, I got X because I, I got a Nintendo. Hell yes, X. I got like the, you know, the doorstop 2DS that they released. <laughs> I got one of those. <laughs> they, they were releasing Pokemon on the 3ds and i was like oh i have to try it and then then i got shield shield's the only one i haven't finished that i've gotten besides sapphire i okay um this has nothing to do with fire emblem but oh well, like, good my, i did not get sword and shield it's the first time i didn't get a pokemon mm. game in the series because eventually i went back and got platinum at least so i i covered oh, gotcha. spaces uh i did not get sword and shield because originally they did not have my favorite pokemon in the roster because that was when they didn't have pokemon in the rosters who's who's your fave oh god it's so fucking i don't know if it's embarrassing it is embarrassing um it's generation two i keep a picture of him in my (gasps) wallet it is dunsparce dunsparce is your favorite pokemon what a pick you want a fucking pick that is fantastic uh gen 2 is so special to me Okay. I'm a very I'm a boring Bulbasaur type of guy, um, but I also love Gen two and Gen one and Gen two was just like just enough for me to like keep in my brain, you know, <laughs> two hundred fifty. I, I think Gen one is lovely, but Psychic type is incredibly overpowered. Oh yeah, and so like as long as you get a Hypno or a Kadabra at the very least, you're fine. Yep. Um, even if you don't have a friend, even if you don't have Truly. friends to get an Alakazam, uh, yes. <laughs> Kadabra is fine. But Gen 2 comes around and it feels like the actual game mechanisms open up a bit more for more possibilities. So that's yep. why I think Gen 2 perfected the formula. But yeah. Right there with you. You couldn't be speaking my language anymore. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, what I was gonna, what I was going to ask you was, uh, so I've got. I feel like, and, and if there's more stuff to share, please do. As far as it, as far as like what you loved about the game, was there another thing you want to share about before I? Uh, maybe ask you about a little bit more about the context of when you played this game. Was there another element that you're like, oh, this element I got to share about? Nah, I think I've like, I've gushed about a lot okay. so far. It just is one of those games that I really think you can play through multiple times. And just awesome. the, knowledge, the knowledge of what the characters are capable of doing. Like I said, a finite amount of experience. Now that I know which units to focus on, I mean... I was letting only three or four of my units touch the enemies. Like I was like, everyone else stand the fuck back. You are not getting any points. We're prioritizing these groups here. Exactly. And like, I mean, everyone's promoting up much faster this run than ever. So like knowledge is power is one of those things. And this game rewards you having some knowledge by the second time you play. Awesome. Is the, the, another question I have for you is, uh, as far as permadeath goes, is this is the sort of game that you, when you have played it, you have ever been like, you know what, I can't lose that character. I'm going to have to shut off my game and do this again. If you are a diehard Fire Emblem game uh, fan, if you're a diehard, you have done that. Yeah. It's impo- you, you have to. And I will say, I have decided this run through I've been doing to not do that unless it is a diehard need. Gotcha. And I have let I've let two characters die. Oh, that's gotta hurt a little bit. There were characters I was planning on using, but they're not my most important. Okay. Um. So at this moment, at six fifty two p.m. on Tuesday, December 29th, um, I want to um say a word for Sane and Matthew. Thank you for fighting with me the past couple of days. Uh, Sane, you're actually kind of a womanizing creep, so. Maybe the world is better off with that. Thanks, but no thanks, dude. (laughs) Some of these characters are painted with pretty broad strokes. Um, But do I feel really awful that uh, Matthew died in the chapter right after his sister, who is an NPC, gets assassinated? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't feel proud of myself there. But I was like... Wasn't your intent. You're okay. I was at the end of the chapter. Yeah. And I was like, I'm about to get a better thief next chapter. <laughs> hey, you can just you can just die with your sister. It's fine. You know, if it helps, I'll I'll turn the other way. I won't watch what just happened. It's okay. I think in medieval times, your deaths just need to be more poetic. So sure, yeah, and that's pretty and poetic. It is, and I can remember this run of the game being the time that Matthew tragically died right after his sister. Um, yes, but. At least he, I don't think his character actually learned of his sister's death. Oh, wow. Wow. I don't think I, it's, and as much as we were having fun to chat about it, that's another interesting element of it that like, okay, the, the, the story that you can paint is different each time if you want it to be, or if it just happens to be. Dude, you're completely right because it's literally a cutscene that I will never get to now, or I guess I passed, I passed where that cutscene would have been because. There is a there is a scene where he finds out his sister is assassinated, and uh, he he needs to he needs to take a second, um, but he doesn't need to take a second this time. It's, wow, yeah, it, it because this is a prequel. Also, there is some weird time continuity issues if uh, these characters are supposed to be the parents 
of the characters in Roy's game. Okay. What hap- What happens if some of them die when you play through? Like, <laughs> it's fine. We'll let we'll let it slide. Um. Well, aside from the really fantastic story that you got to share about meeting that friend at that. In fact, maybe I'm. I, I don't even know. Did you ever talk to that person again? Was that a one time like ships in the night sort of thing? Ships in the fucking night. Wow. Yeah, Wonder where that I mean, kid is now. Before MySpace, before AOL, there was fire and well, not a basketball <laughs> game. <laughs> it brought people together. That is, that's so funny. But what a, also, I'm just so happy to hear that it was such a nice interaction because I feel like you can meet mm-hmm. kids who are kind of shitheads or rude or just mean. Yeah. So that's wonderful. Um, So since that was sort of it about that story, do you remember... Was there anything important about the context of when you played this? Would you play this at home in your bedroom? Was like this a game that was like this is Adam time? Like what was going on? This was definitely like an Adam time game, and like a game I didn't need to have the TV for. Oh, cool! This was a this was a game I would play until four a.m. every night. Oh, crammed onto the corner of the bed that was close to the uh, wall outlet so i could have a charger connected the whole night yes um and especially when the sb came out and that backlight was oh. up it was like yeah yeah no it, wonder yeah I, I so many hours put into this game that's so cool uh so and it was also one i could bring on uh i could bring on camping trips too like and so even if i had just my game boy advance in that case all you need is batteries like totally. that, which is kind of a weird curse that we don't have anymore with some of these yeah. handheld games unless you have like a, a portable charger with you mm-hmm. yeah you any ba- <laughs> batteries that kind of cool that is the one that is like the silver lining of batteries instead of just removable batteries in the, in that way mm-hmm. yeah you can just bring the batteries with you you can bring hundreds with you oh um yeah that's so cool was was there so was there anything else adam about like either either the context of when you were playing it or this game that you wanted to share before we move on to some fun segments for the end of the show? Or did you get to do that? I really think I touched on everything. Just, I mean, I just remember that every time a new one came out, I felt really validated that I, I I randomly chose this game to like, be on a Christmas wish list to ride with, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, cause that the first one that came out, Blazing Sword, like it, it still holds up to this day. And so, I mean, two years passed before the next one came out in the U.S. And I didn't know it was a prequel. I had no, no context for any of this, so I was like, I don't know. I guess this might just be a one and done thing. Huh. And then I, I remember seeing Sacred Stones news and freaked out. And then after that, I realized. Oh wait, this is seven and eight of a long run series. So seventeen years later, I'm just yeah. It's, I've played so many games from them now. I love it. Is this is this your favorite franchise? Is there a franchise that you are? I guess that's more special to you. Oh, I think it is my favorite franchise. It's the franchise that will claim the most to like my like. If there's some, if there's a game that everyone could turn to me as like an expert of it would be fire emblem more than like because i'm sure someone else is better better at smash than me i'm sure someone's better at pokemon than me i'm probably better at fire emblem than most people (laughs) you heard it here folks if you need a uh, not to you know advertise you as a fire emblem tutor but 
They're, you're the expert here. I, I like genuinely, if you're just like, what units are worth investing in? Please DM me. I would probably know for every game. Kill her. Uh, and if I truly researching this game and seeing like the art style and hearing the praises, I'm like, I really want to play this. So if I, if, and when I do, I will take you up on that. I know that was for the, for maybe not me, but I'm going to take that and just, yeah. and just do it. Um, and for you, I would just reckon, honestly, for everybody right now, what's available, um, yes. if you're willing to invest in it, Fire Emblem Fates is um, three different games, kind of oh. weirdly enough, all Dang. in the same world universe released in the same, um, like you can buy one uh, disc for it and then download the other two versions of the game on it. And uh, and that one, you have a split decision where you have to choose between three uh, sides of an, uh, a war. Interesting. And so each free game is just like, what happens if you go to this side? Um, and so it, but all of these amazing gameplay mechanics involved, uh, I would recommend Fates. And then Awakening as well. Cool. Are those uh, both 3DS? I, those are both 3DS, yeah. Gotcha. But the, uh, so those will be pretty easy to find. Yeah. And if you have if you have a Wii U and wanna and wanna check out that virtual console, uh is that could you still buy from Wii U's virtual console or is yes. that still yeah. open? I would buy the first two uh that Fire Emblem Blazing Sword and Sacred Stones on okay. that then. Cool. So the, Sacred oh, are... Stones especially is a really good game. I think it's easier too. Okay. Approachable, I like it. Approachable. Awesome. Well, well, thank you. And, and I know we're not done here, but thank you so much for sharing about not only your love for this series, but your love for this game. And well, I've got a couple fun segments to do. So let's move on to our two post-game segments. So Adam, the first that I have for you is, of course, the fact me by your game segment. And that's where I just tell you two fun facts about this game that I found. It could be Easter eggs, could be a secret, could be a glitch. So we'll be interested to see if you know about these. Um, the you actually touched on this in a different way earlier, but the first one I have to share is all about the link cables making you able to skip the tutorial. Um, so this comes from Did You Know Gaming, which I don't know if you spend much time on YouTube gaming, but like uh, or gaming YouTube channels. But this is a great one. And from this video, I learned that the Japanese version of this game can actually be linked via link cable with Fire Emblem, the Sword of Seals. And by doing so, you can skip Lin's story from the very beginning. Because mm-hmm, Lin's story, yeah, I actually didn't know that. Like, so in the, in the Japanese version, that makes a lot of sense. To just be like, I already know what it, it's yes. the first 10 chapters. I mean, you can play, I played it on hard mode this time just so I could skip the actual tutorial parts. Oh, nice. Because um, it'll literally be like, this is Lin. She uses a sword. Tap A to select Lin. A sword hurts it, enemies. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it, it'll, it's so that. And it, I mean, I That's think it's like 30 minutes to get through. I, I brushed through it in 10 minutes. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah. So honestly, I'm really happy that they have that. Because yeah. as much as I love Lin as a character. And oh, I will say um, a reason to play the tutorial chapter again uh, is if you save on the same file when you go into Elwood, when those characters come back, I had all of those characters at the same um, oh. at the same levels and the same experience. So I was like, wait, if I do play the tutorial, Florina's going to get fucking jacked. Yeah. And, 
And now it's interesting. I, it's like new game yeah, plus. Holy shit! Yeah, Florina's fucking Jack. Look at that little lavender-haired girl with twenty-two strength. Oh gosh! Um, wow. Oh yeah. So yeah, if you're listening, uh, Florina, Rebecca, Dart, they're uh, Priscilla. God damn it! There's so many units you really need to invest in that don't look like they're going to be much. Good note. Note for the listener and myself when we play this game. Uh, so yeah, that was the first one. The second one I have for you is um, that uh, in in the Japanese version of this game, this is from the Super Coin Crew, which is a channel I'd never heard of. The player can actually choose their blood type. So it is unknown why this is in there, but it was removed from all other versions of the game. But it was another thing you could do, which is, I don't know why. I don't, I don't think it lent to any of the gameplay. There's no way I could think that would alter the gameplay unless it's like people with uh, type O blood. Well, you're a tactician. Like, are, you, like, are you donating blood? Oh, that person died. Take their blood and give it to them who has the same blood yeah. type. I, I don't know. Whoa. Wait, actually, I kind of love that. So anyone that shares type O blood with you just like gets like an extra life. That's that be, interesting. That would be an interesting mechanic, but uh, – that just sounds like such a silly action. Yeah, because I, I think it was just like a cosmetic thing that you knew, but strange. That doesn't, it, it, there's even, um, oh, so uh, all of the units in this game have an elemental icon based, I guess, on. Um, oh. Well, when you make your tactician character at the beginning, uh, you can choose your birthday, and there's okay. a little el- elemental sign next to it, almost like its own zodiac. And then mm-hmm. all the other characters will have an elemental sign. And based on whatever support conversations you have with two people with different signs, those signs will influence what the other stats they will give to each other are. So like, okay. if, you have, if you have a little fire symbol and they have a little lightning symbol, you could maybe critical for your friend or strength gets increased, things like that. That's a fun little wrinkle. Fun little wrinkle, but why the hell does your tactician need one? It, it, yeah, that, you're not just battling, like, right? I think they gave it to you just so they could explain. It just depends oh. on what month they were born okay. for the rest of the characters. Um, so I would uh, maybe that's what they were going to do with this whole blood type thing. But that wow, blood type. Who knows? You know, my favorite part about playing Fire Emblem was knowing that I had type A blood. <laughs> <laughs> because I couldn't just do that in real life. Uh, so. <laughs> So in funny. real life, I have type B blood, and in this game, I really got it. <laughs> I got to be able to self, put myself in a world that's not my own, man. Uh, well, that was the, the end of the factoring by your game, and then the last segment I have is the game recommendation segment. So, uh, for the listeners out there who know, this is the forced tie-in to the movie "Call Me by Your Name," where I've prepared three potential next suitors for you based on your romance and love for Fire Emblem, the Blazing Blade. So because, and this all comes from the idea that when I saw that movie for the first time, uh, I remember thinking at the end, once Elio's relationship with Army Hammer was, Army Hammer's character was over, like, I was like, who's he going to date next? Is he going to date someone that's like, just like Army Hammer, someone wildly different, someone you would have never expected. So that's what these are sort of based on. So they're, they're fun. They're silly. We'll see. Uh, I love this. So the first one for you is that if uh, you love the tactical elements of this game, but you all you just want to stay on your GBA uh, and stay in that sort of medieval realm, 
I'll recommend an easy one, which is Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced. Mm-hmm. Have you played Wait. that one before? I haven't played it. Uh, Final Fantasy is one of those weird ones where some of the games, I don't care for the mechanics. And in some of them, I do. Like Final Fantasy X I've been playing recently. And oh. Yeah. I, I played I, that for the first time this year, all the way through. Nice. I got, I, I'm... What just happened? Uh, we we just became fugitives. I think. Okay. So, yes. I'm not. I'm not. I'm more than halfway through. I think. I that sounds right to me. Uh, that's really cool. So, um, I love that game for the battle system and swapping out characters. I don't know. Same. If too. I same. It reminds me of Dragon Quest battle system. Um, oh. Uh, but I think it perfects it, and I also appreciate that from other Final Fantasies I played, their battle systems include these timers that are like... Oh, yes, the uh, active time wh- battle. I hate an active time battle. That, I, I need my brain to just, like, sit down and think for a second sometimes. Like, don't yes. rush me. Because, like, I was just like, uh, fuck, shoot him, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I don't want them to shoot me first. And in, in Final Fantasy X and in games like Fire Emblem, I love being able to look at the board, totally my options, play the chess player. And I felt like um, ten, it was fun to sort of plan out like, okay, here's the enemies on the board. Here's what I need to do to like defeat them or stun them or defend another character. And that was always a really fun element to me was like planning that out. And and I'm not like a person who does i don't hate an active time battle system but when i do get the time to plan it i always like it a little better to be honest with you uh because I, I i just need time personally i do too i don't rush me unless it's like a hack like hades is a fun hack and slash kind of game yeah totally and it's, it's those time battles are not hack and slash it's yeah. still it's still a systemized turn-based battle but Yes. Your, tur- your turn is now. What are you doing? Go, go. It's, it's, o- it's over. Uh, so this is way more of a Fire Emblem type game where you are moving your characters on a little grid. Each of them have their specialties. Uh, this is a cartridge I own but have never played. So that's the first one. The second wreck I have, which you maybe could have predicted today, is that if you would like a spiritual successor to a Fire Emblem companion game on the GBA, I'll recommend... Wargroove, which is also available on the Switch. I've never played it, but it's supposed to be a spiritual successor to the Advance Wars series. Oh, uh, okay, cool, cool. Uh, and then Advance Wars is weird. It is a, it is an odd one. I've never played it. I've played it because I also have that on the Wii U. Oh, um, gotcha. It, you, you control these units, and they like, they all have ten lives, and then when you hit each other, it's like uh, if you if you attack someone, they're gonna go down to six, but they can rebuttal, and then you'll go down to eight, and so then they have a six, and you have an eight. Um, oh. And they go, then it's their turn; they can attack you with their six, and then you're six, oh. you're eight because of six. And then longer battles six. and between units, sort of thing. Longer battles between units. Um, the number system it's impersonal the story i didn't really care for uh yeah there's like a lot going for fire emblem i mean like advanced wars is cute and all but like if i met him at a party i'd be like oh i don't know (laughs) i I, I, I love that micro big we joke of like uh i like my parents but if i met him at a party (laughs) i don't don't know too close to home uh the last one i have for you is if 
you want another prequel game that needs a lot more love, this is my very much out there suggestion. If you want a prequel game that needs more love, but and that is pretty highly regarded, just like this one, I'll, re- I'll recommend Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII, which is a game that's, I think, only available on like the PSP or the PS Vita, uh-huh. so it's really hard to get. But like, this is my sort of out there suggestion for you. I've never heard of it. It's also, I mean, it's an RPG like Final Fantasy, to the best of my knowledge, but it's a prequel that sort of, that where you are going to be seeing characters from Final Fantasy VII, at least a couple that I know of, um, and with a completely different protagonist. So, yeah, kind of out there, but that's Crisis Core. And then that will actually bring us to the end of the game recommendations. And Adam, we are also at the end of the show. Uh, so before we go, of course, have you plug, but thank you again for being here. This was so much fun to finally have you on. I uh, This was awesome. Uh, I could literally talk about Fire Emblem for hours, as you can tell. It's, <laughs> there's so much it just rewards you for. Yes. Um, it, it's one of those games that there's something in it for everybody, but also it's mainly for hardcore gamers who want to challenge. Totally. Uh, well, Killer, uh, we talked about some plugs up top, but uh, including your Kickstarter, what else do you want to plug? Where do you want people to find you? Have at it, my friend. Um, Instagram and YouTube are Adam Winnie, W-I-N-N-E-Y. I'm sure my name will be up on the, the, the title of this. Yep. I don't know why. I just, I just and I'll have, uh, again, I'll include links at below too, so people can just click straight from the podcast. Hey, kitty. Oh, God. This is, I'm like, can I plug my cat? She doesn't have anything, but she just hops <laughs> on the screen. So, <laughs> But she's cool. She wants attention, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I have my YouTube and Instagram, and honestly, that Kickstarter, which you can find a Killer. link to on on my Instagram. Um, it, it 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 I just know for a fact that this video is gonna be stupid good. Uh, Hell yeah! And any help I can get would be amazing. Amazing! So, listeners, check it out. Visit the link. Visit all these links. Follow. Uh, but yeah, thank you again. Uh, I'll go ahead and just close this out with some plugs of my own. Uh, of course, you can check out the cover art of our show by at glenn.j on Instagram. They're a wonderful artist. Check out all the other stuff they do. Of course, as I said earlier, we're at Patreon at patreon.com slash super NPC radio with truly uh, tons and tons of bonus content. Um, in fact, this month, the bonus episode of the month, the big co-op on our DJ Toad tier will be Celeste. So it should be very fun. Uh, the show is produced by Jeremy Schmidt. Check out his show, Video Games, a Comedy Show. I am on Twitter at Connor underscore McCabe. And you can also follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. That'll do it for this episode. We'll see you on the next one. <laughs>